Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. Raider Nation unite! We're a show based on fans. Embrace the culture, embrace the history of this organization. Feels like football. Man, you know, since I've been here, bro, I've only had one winning season. So really, like, all the individual accolades don't really mean nothing when you don't win. That's a gritty, gutty win! Yeah, this is what I dreamed of, you know? This is this is what it's all about. We're not going backwards. We're going to do this right. Obviously, you know, that we would love to, you know, play in a... Super Bowl in our hometown. They hate you. They despise you. They think you're a bunch of thugs. JT the Brick. Who's the number one rival of the Broncos? The Raiders. Who's the number one rival of the Chargers? The Raiders. Who's the number one rival of Kansas City? Without question, the Oakland, LA, and now Las Vegas Raiders. Honestly, I don't care who I play against. I go out there, I, I don't discriminate. I treat everybody the same way. When we, when we go out there, and I'm more concerned about what we're doing as a football team and what I'm doing personally. And now, your Las Vegas Raiders. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT live from Raiders headquarters, the Intermountain Health care performance center just wrapped up raiders press conference live with eric allen and we jump on the radio for the next two hours and we appreciate everybody listening everybody who chooses this show everybody who streams the show which is unbelievable and everybody local in vegas at lotus on 9 20 a.m raiders are coming off a victory it's a victory monday and we'll take advantage of it but there is a lot to clean up another game where it was a head scratcher but the raiders closed down an opponent on defense Their defense won the game, and that's something to build on. The Raiders now finally have a defense that is decent to above average and right up there that can win games if the Raiders are sluggish on offense, and they look to remain sluggish on offense. Jimmy Garoppolo is currently injured. We don't know what's going to happen with him this week. He's from Chicago, that area. You would think he'd want to play if he can go. But the severity of the injury, I'm in the building. They're still running tests. They're doing what they need to, and they're obviously going to protect the player. If he can't go, he can't go. Next man up. And that'll be a huge topic the remainder of the week to where to see where you want to go with Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell and what is going to happen if Justin Fields can't play for the Chicago Bears. And that would be probably the biggest break of the year for the Raiders. The number one break. And not that Justin Fields... He's a great player. He's not Steve Young. Okay, this isn't one of the great running quarterbacks of all time, but he's pretty good. But Tyson Bagent is going to play, potentially. That could be the biggest break the Raiders get all year long. All year long. Played Kenny Pickett. Played Russell Wilson as Russell Wilson forgot how to play football. Playing Mac Jones, who might never play again for the Patriots playing Jordan Love instead of Aaron Rodgers for the Packers, and they could play Tyson Bagent at quarterback, who we know nothing about. That'd be a big deal for the Raiders. I don't want injuries. I want everybody to be healthy. But if Jimmy G can't go, it'll be next man up. And I'd like to do that radio Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't think we need to do it today. I don't think we have to dive into who's going to play because we don't know. But I think what we should do is look at the victory Talk about the Raiders getting back to 500, being 3-3. Three and three. What that means for the team is they go on two road trips back-to-back, Chicago and at Detroit before coming home against the Giants and the Jets. The Raiders must win three out of their next four games. They've won two in a row, which is great. They should be able to win three in a row. As we want to look down the road, they got to win the next three out of four to have a shot. Two out of two, potentially. If they get guys back healthy, you never know. But this is the window right here. This is the window. And in order to get to this window for the next three out of four games to matter, they had to win the last two. They had to win the last two games for me to sit here in the building, in their headquarters, and say, hey, over the next four, they can win three out of four. And that would be really good because the next three would get them to six and four if they're able to do that. And we'd be talking about a team – at 6-4, and four, they'd be right in the playoff hunt for a wild card. Period. AFC and NFC. So the Raiders got a window here to do something good, but they're not playing well. Uh, the defense is playing well, but they are not playing well, which is cause for concern. I don't know what the problem is. They were 1-6 in the red zone, 1-6. for six. They don't seem to be attacking the end zone. The quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, went healthy 
is not playing well, which is surprising to me. It was shocking weeks ago. Now it's surprising because he's a good quarterback. You saw the touchdown to Jacoby Myers. Beautiful. Beautiful read by Jimmy. Beautiful throw. Fantastic. 10 out of 10. We know what he can do. Brian Hoyer came in, and he won the game. He threw that long ball, the longest ball of the year, to trade Tucker. He didn't manage the game. He won the game. So if I had to choose today, I go Brian Hoyer in Chicago because he played well enough. He helped win the game, and I think his experience on the road makes him a better choice than Aiden O'Connell. But I talked to Aiden before the game. That was pretty cool. Before the game, I got there early, came in through the parking garage and came up on the field, and he was the only guy there. He and A.J. Cole. So I said, I'm going to take the time to reintroduce myself to him. He was on the bench, spoke to him for about a minute, liked the kid. If he ends up playing, I'll be right behind him, like you would be. All Raider Nation would be behind the kid. But I think that Hoyer gives him the best chance to win because he's got momentum. He knows the playbook better. He's going to make really good decisions. He threw a deep ball that everybody saw, so no one can complain that he can't throw the deep ball. And he won a game that the Raiders had to have. So there's a reward system in sports. If you do your job, you get to do it again. But I'm hoping deep down that Jimmy G can go. Now, with when they're scanning for internal injuries, I don't play a doctor or a trainer on the radio, that means they're scanning for internal injuries because the player feels like he has internal injuries, right? The player feels something wrong in their body, and they need to get it checked out and tested. So that was severe enough for Jimmy G to go get tested. And they, as Coach McDaniels are here in a minute, they dodged a bullet, and he's okay. He could have been gone for the year if something happened to him. So I like the fact that Jimmy maybe could play, possibly. And if not, the Raiders have played all three quarterbacks this year, and they should be ready to go. Uh, Max Crosby's amazing. He's just incredible. The way he's playing, he has a chance to be the defensive player of the year. That's hard to do. But why not Max? If it was T.J. Watt, J.J. Watt before that, why not Max? He's having that type of year. And the defense overall, when I watch the defense play, especially at the end of the game, where they pin Mac Jones all the way back, I feel confident with this defense now. I can't remember the last time I've said that to you. And I'm always honest to you. You might not like what I'm saying because you might believe I'm saying something that you don't like or you might think I'm saying something that you don't understand. I'm always honest with you. I've never trusted this defense for a long time since they've been in Vegas. I've never trusted them. I really like Max Crosby and a couple of players, but I don't trust them. Now I do. Now I do. I hope that isn't the kiss of death. But I trust this defense to make a couple of plays, get off the field, and play better. That's what they're doing, and that is the biggest turn of events for me. The Raiders had their signature play of the entire season on a sack to end the game. That's the number one moment for the Raiders through week six. That's the moment. Bilal Nichols and Max Crosby getting to Mac Jones to win the game. Fantastic. So you can look at it that way, or you can look at it. Yesterday I did the postgame show from the stadium, and I took uh, 10, 11 callers. Half of them were about Hunter Renfro. Half of them. Where's Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro is not really involved in this offense anymore. Uh, I think are there deficiencies, deficiencies in his game from a couple of years ago? Don't know. I'm not at practice. They're not going to tell you that, but could be. Is he, is he aware of his role with the team? I think so. He's just not involved. And it's evident to everybody that he is not involved in the trade deadline is coming up at the end of October here. I would guess that, the, I would guess that they're taking calls or trying to figure out what to do with Hunter, but I don't know. But Hunter's not involved with this team much when it comes to the game plan. But the onside kick, the ability to be a decoy, all of that, once a Raider, always a Raider. As Tim McCarver would once say, the broadcaster, Hunter Renfro is a fine young man. He is a good dude, and I hope that he gets involved here quickly. I hope he stays with the Raiders, but there's something missing there. And there's something missing overall with the red zone offense, with Jimmy Garoppolo's ability to read the field and make the best throw. And there's pre-snap penalties. You know, you start off in the red zone first and 10, holding it's first and 20. Next thing you know, the drive's pretty much over. Get ready for the field goal. That's happened too much. But Michael Mayer has now emerged. So I'm led to believe that Michael Mayer's emergence will open it up for Devontae a little bit more inside the red zone, and then maybe Devontae can get more targets there. So I've given you a lot there. We're brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue. 
what a job they do in town, raiding the pubs, all the giveaways they have, game day jerseys, drink, food specials. Fantastic tonight. We got several locations in town that I work with with Monday Night Football, but you know every PTs that you go to. You're going to have food, you're going to have drink, you're going to have happy hour from 5 to 7 to go watch Monday Night Football. That sounds great to me. PTs, proud partner of our show. I had a big weekend. I emceed Fred Bolitnikoff's event at the top of Ghost Bar. Very intimate setting. The people who showed up had a blast. It was fantastic. Freddie sat on the couch. We did about a 30-minute chalk talk about his life and the Raiders. And everybody who was there got a chance to sit down, take a picture, hang out with Fred Bolitnikoff. It was tremendous. Tremendous time. Really good vibe there. Had a bunch of friends in town for almost a week. We went and saw Lionel Richie, U2 during the week. We had a lot of music going on. And then here in Vegas, everything was going on from NASCAR. The Aces are trying to win a championship today. Other things going on in and around town and the buildup to the Super Bowl and F1. If you drove around town this week, you're noticing head on a swivel the size of the bleachers, the stanchions for F1. It is transforming the strip for that event coming up in November. And then the Raiders played. Good tailgate. Friends and family, everybody having a good time. Went inside the game, a lot of entertainment, and the Raiders won the game. All I care about is that the Raiders won. That's all I care about. I'm concerned about some aspects of the team, the Jimmy Garoppolo injury, the inability for this team to really be good in the red zone. That's important, very important to me. I think they have great special teams, and the defense has vastly improved. So some positives and some negatives. You can choose. You can choose where you want to go with it. Wherever you want to go, I run a fast-paced radio show. I'll get you up. I'll read your tweets. I'll talk to you if you show some respect to the organization as I sit in the building today. But I know a lot of Raider fans are frustrated. We're through week six, and the offense is not what I expected to see. The offense is not where it needs to be. I think a lot of that has to do with what Jimmy Garoppolo missed in the preseason and the offseason as he was recovering from his procedure. I think it's affected the team. I believe that Josh Jacobs not showing up because he didn't have to until he signed the franchise tag, I believe that slowed down him and the offensive line and their chemistry. I don't think the offensive line's doing a good enough job in pass protection and run blocking. And the defense overall is pretty good, every level. D-line, linebackers. Eric Allen told me today safeties are playing as great as he can expect. Safeties, Epps and Merrick doing a really nice job you got to pat those guys on the back. They're doing well. So for the Raiders to be at 3-3 three and three to start off the season here is exactly what I expected. You heard the show this summer. I said 3-3. Three and three. Now if they can win the next three out of four, it's an absolute best-case scenario. If they can't and they blow this opportunity because they don't improve on offense, we'll know that they had an opportunity and they didn't take advantage of it. Hopefully they take advantage of it. Here are the teams in football with an equal record or less than the Las Vegas Raiders. The Jets. Jets are 3-3, three and three, everybody. They won two in a row, just like the Raiders. The Patriots are 1-5, and five and they're awful. They're terrible. You were there to watch it. They're terrible. Uh, the other teams that are all 3-3, three and three, Indy, the Houston Texans, the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think tonight is a pivotal moment for the Chargers. If the Chargers lose to Dallas, my Super Bowl bag, the Chargers will go to 2-3, and three, and then the Chargers will play Kansas City and potentially be 4-2. and 4-2, two. Four and two, as the Raiders could be 4-3 and three with their whole schedule in front of them. So the Chargers play Dallas tonight if they lose. They're at Kansas City before they have Chicago at the Jets. They got Detroit. A very similar schedule to what we have. Chargers have Baltimore on their schedule. And Buffalo, who they haven't played. The Raiders already lost to them. So this is a big night for the Raiders in regards to the overall positioning of the team. I know a lot of Raider fans that don't care about the playoffs. They don't think the team's good enough to either make the playoffs or win if they get there. I choose the opposite. The league is in chaos. The league is crazy. Be in the hunt in October and November. The Raiders are in the hunt in October. If they can be in the hunt in November, then it's going to get good around here. Then it's going to get really good around here if the Raiders could be in the hunt 
because they're surviving ugly games. That's what this is about. They're, we all know what the hell's going on here. We know what's going on. They're surviving these ugly games and winning them. That's what we care about. Take the win. Celebrate it. But would they be winning playing at this level if they weren't playing New England and Green Bay? They wouldn't have won the last two weeks if they were playing Buffalo, Miami, Cincinnati, Baltimore, San Francisco, and all those other teams. We all know that to a man and woman. But they're not playing them. And they got screwed on the early schedule this year, opening up with two on the road. Now they have an opportunity to feast on the schedule and and get themselves going here. They all know that. Now quickly, before we get to the calls, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, here's his comments on the status of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo left yesterday's game with what was termed as a back injury. And if you watch the game, you can see him clearly grimacing clearly in pain and was eventually ruled out and taken to a local hospital for some tests. Now, generally in these situations, when it's a back injury, whether it's a rib injury, whatever it's called, generally you're taken to a hospital because you are checking for internal injuries. Now, it does sound like he's pretty banged up, maybe not as bad as they initially believed, but this is a player who is clearly in some pain now, would not be surprised if he missed, say, a game or maybe two, get final and full results on, hopeful, on Jimmy Garoppolo hopefully today, but there is a very real chance that it is Aiden O'Connell, the rookie, once again this week coming on in relief of the Raiders starter. Interesting that Rappaport said, you know, Ian O'Connell, for him to say that, he's got big sources in the building. Everybody knows Ian Rappaport knows the Raiders. If he thinks Aiden O'Connell's going to play there, I would disagree. I'd go with Hoyer in the next game because I think he's playing at a higher level as a veteran on the road but I have no problem. Whoever they delivered to us on the pregame show next Sunday, hopefully it's Jimmy G. If not, we'll get behind that player. Here's a bit of Josh McDaniels earlier today at his press conference when he opened it up talking about the quarterback. Um, so uh, update uh, before we get going on Jimmy. Um, you know, there was some concern yesterday that we would, um, you know, there was an internal um, issue. Um, so we did a bunch of scans yesterday, last night. Um, seems like we've dodged a big bullet uh, in that regard. So that's good news. Um, you know, we're still doing a couple things this morning, um, and we'll you know kind of make sure we do all the right things here as we go forward. But um, the prognosis is a lot better than it might have otherwise been. Um, don't know yet for this week, relatively speaking. Um, so there's a lot still to, I'd say, uncover in that regard, but um, good news relative to what it might have been. So, Okay, here's the way I look at this. Been doing this 25 years. I've seen a lot of quarterbacks who weren't going to play on Monday or Tuesday play on Sunday. If there's something dangerously wrong internally or serious, which is internal, internally you got your heart, you got your liver, you got your kidneys. Internally, there's a lot going on there. If you're not 100% internally, you don't play. No chance. You do not risk playing. If there's nothing in that, he gets a clean report. I wonder if Jimmy G is going to want to play because that's where he's from. His family, the hype, and the opportunity to get an easier win. They're not easy. The way the Raiders play, nothing's easy. But for Garoppolo to play against this opponent, I'm hoping for the best here. But my sense is, my sense and guess is, we're not going to know until the middle of the week, end of the week, and it sounds like he probably won't play a week. And if he doesn't play a week, the Raiders got to make sure they go out there and win the game either way. Let's start off with Chris in West Oakland on a victory Monday on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Ahead. Hey, JT, real quick, let me hit the thing. Listen, if Jimmy G's not able to play next week, and that's that's a big if, uh, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I, you got to go with Brian Hoyer. Look, if the Raiders were one and five, okay, throw Aiden O'Connell out there, let him get some reps in. But they, this team has played themselves into the playoff mix early in the season, three and three. Granted, the eye test. I look at this team. I don't see a playoff team. But that being said, if Jimmy G can't go, you got to play the veteran because Ray Charles could see he clearly gives you a better chance to win than Aiden O'Connell at this point, based on what O'Connell did in the first game. So we'll hit that later in the week. But like I said. Watching this team, JT, it's just the strangest vibe. Yes, I'm very happy we won, and a win is a win. 
But when I watch this team, I just the eye test tells me this isn't a playoff team, even though they're winning. I think the best unit the Raiders have going right now is the schedule. It's been a long time since the Raiders have had a run of bottom feeders in a row in games in the schedule that we have this year, and they're taking advantage of it right now. I want to tell you, you know, you talk about the defense. All due respect to Eric Allen. I love Eric Allen. This is not a dominant defense. This is defense. I don't trust them against good teams. I trust that Mac Jones and Jordan Love aren't going to make plays. I mean, when we played Buffalo, Pittsburgh, even Kenny Pickett, and then Herbert made this defense look pretty bad for long stretches of the game. So you take care of business of the teams you have. You're right. They're 3-3. Three and three. And going back to the game yesterday, let's, look, you trust the defense, but let's be honest. The, the, the Patriots had a 77-yard touchdown call back on a real questionable holding call and maybe the throw of Mac Jones's career, that deep bomb up the left sideline that would have put them in field goal range, went right through his receiver's hands. Couldn't have been more perfect throw. A couple of different calls here and there, JT, and we're talking something totally different. So, again, I don't like to play the schedule game. This is a win. That's a win. We've definitely got winnable games on this. You get to six or seven wins, then you find a way to take care of a team maybe you don't think you have a chance of, and you can get that eighth or ninth win and sneak into the playoffs. So right now the defense is doing what it has to do against bad quarterbacks, and let's just hope they keep doing that. Offensively, I again, I don't know what the answer is other than the, the deep bomb Hoyer threw was a perfect example. Early in the game, Jimmy G, and they even spotlighted it on the Telestrator on TV, he had Devontae breaking open deep down the middle going towards the corner. He looked twice, then he came back to Michael Mayer. For whatever reason, Jimmy G just doesn't seem to want to let that ball go. Like I said, I don't know if it's something you, got, you can coach out of him. It's in his DNA. But until this team starts getting deep, deep explosive plays down the field, which is going to open up the running game, I don't know. Hell, we needed a safety to break the 20-point mark yesterday. And Without a mm-hmm. fundamental change, I just don't know how this offense turns around other than, you know, you take advantage. You hope the, the bad quarterbacks are playing. You can keep the game close enough to win in the end. And the offense is a work in progress. And just have enough faith that Jimmy G gets healthy. And at some point he puts it all together. Oh, I want to disagree with one other thing. The biggest break the Raiders can get is not having to face Justin Fields. He's a terrible quarterback. Now, if we get a game where we don't have to face Patrick Mahomes or Tua, that's a huge break. I'm not worried about Justin Fields. Uh, you know, yeah, he's better than their backup. But this is another bad quarterback. Literally the bottom five offenses in football are all on the Raiders' schedule the next five or six weeks. So just take care of business. Don't make huge mistakes on offense, and these games should be there to be had. But like I said, JT, we're 3-3 three and three at the moment. I'm mixed feelings, but hey, 3-3 three and is better than 1-5. and five. I'll take that all day, every day. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Chris. And to play Tyson, Bajan, I think, is the biggest break of the year so far. So far. Up until now, if they get that chance to do it. The only way this team is going to turn around their season offensively is one thing. This is it. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy must play better. Jimmy was brought in instead of Derek Carr because he's supposed to be better in the red zone. And Derek's not playing well. I don't want to bring up Derek Carr. He's not, he's not a Raider anymore. Jimmy is not playing well, but he's showing you signs. He ran to secure the game against Denver, stayed in bounds. It's a great play. The touchdown of Jacoby this week, fantastic throw. Setting up Michael Mayer early. That's the Jimmy Garoppolo I'm used to. Close your eyes unless you're driving. Jimmy G throwing to Michael Mayer. It looked like Jimmy throwing to George Kittle, which he's done a lot. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play a lot of good football. Not elite, but the guy played in the Super Bowl. He won the NFC Championship. He's won ugly games. He's made every throw in this league you can possibly make. He's made them all. He's not figuring out yet this concept under Josh McDaniels, and it's not coming to him easy. I am very surprised by that. And I think it has a lot to do with the time he missed. He's just not comfortable in the system, and this is his system. He's got to be comfortable in this system. This is the closest system he can play with other than Kyle Shanahan. So it's all on Jimmy. And I like Jimmy. I'm not a Jimmy basher. I'm not a guy sitting here going, oh, my God, get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Get rid of Jimmy. I'm not that guy. I'm just telling you, he must play better. He's an NFL quarterback. He gets paid a lot of money to be better. He's not there yet, and now he's injured. So I hope he can be better. And he's not injured because he's not in shape and he's injury prone. You don't have internal injuries because you're not in shape and you miss shoulder day and leg day. The guy, when he gets hurt, gets hurt for a fluky reason. 
a foot injury. Someone steps on his foot. You know, he goes to the ground. He has an internal issue. This is football. Six quarterbacks got injured yesterday, which means they came out of the game, went to the blue tent, went to the locker room. Some came back or not. It's a violent sport. It's tremendously violent, this sport. Tremendously violent. And Jimmy Garoppolo has a lot of bad luck when it comes to being healthy. He just does. And I, we need him to be healthy because that's the only chance the Raiders have. They're not going to win and go to the playoffs with probably, probably Aiden O'Connell and Brian Hoyer. But if Jimmy plays and elevates his game to a higher level, they can do some good things. Raider Greg in Sacramento. You're up next. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, JT. Thank you for taking my call, my brother. I'm going to – I agree with you, too. Our best chance is for a healthy Jimmy G who knows the system – for us to be successful. But I know a lot of people are going to call in and talk about what the offense didn't do, but I'm going to focus on the positive. That's me, JT. And I'm going to go straight to the defense, man. This defense, like you said, I finally believe in this defense. I'm seeing it multiple games now. I'm going to give shout-out and game ball to my guy once again, two weeks in a row, to Patrick Graham, a.k.a. Patty Nice. I'm going with my guy. I love how the defense is playing together. They're playing as a unit. And I look at it this way, JT. This is an offensive league. It's made for the offense. It's a passing league. So what's important? If I need one thing that's very good, it's my defense. We see teams every week. As long as your defense is good. Now, we know the offense. We, we could talk about it until, our, until we're blue in the face. We know all the things that the offense needs to do. But in the end, the offense has to score one more point than the other team to get the W. I love seeing the Ws, okay? I'm not a frustrated fan because I just want them to win. I do not care who's playing. I want the Raider Nation Shield to see Ws. So as long as this defense continues to be good, we know the offense is going to come along eventually. It has to. Mm-hmm. But if I need one of my one of these parts of this team to be very good while the other one catches up, I want it to be the defense. Yeah. I'm old school that way. So I'm very happy because as long as your defense, everybody's so focused on Everything being right with the offense, putting up these high points. If you can choke out and hold down the offense of the other team or the opposition, you're always going to be in a position to win. So I'm getting behind this defense. I'm riding with the defense until the offense gets right. And that's two in a row. Let's go 1-0 and one more week, and we'll talk more and break down the game uh, further in the week, JT. Thank you, and let's thank go you. Raider Nation. Yeah, thank you. you. You hit on a very interesting point here. If the defense wasn't playing better than we expected them to play, the Raiders could be 1-5. It really could. You, you could debate they could be, you know, a one-in-five football team if the defense wasn't playing at the level that they are. That's because the offense, Devontae's getting limited targets. Hunter's not involved at all. Michael Mayer's getting going. Trey Tucker, I think we all see that Trey Tucker's going to have a big role in this system with this coach. And Jacoby Myers is a very good player in signing. Very good player. But you want all six of them to be perfect. That's the problem I have sitting behind this microphone. As they say in Goodfellas, use guys. You guys want everyone to be great every game. It's not going to happen. There's going to be one of the six people. If I mention Devontae, Jacoby, Michael Mayer, Hunter Renfro, Trey Tucker, and Josh Jacobs, those are six guys. You want them all to be great every game. Not going to happen. Two of them out of the six are going to get limited targets because there's only one football. Then we're down to four of them. And then if one of the four is Devontae, and he's only getting two receptions, and we're looking around and Michael Mayer is not getting anything, then we're down to only two players that can help win the Raiders games. What I like about this and the offense, the distribution is better. It's better, but I'm heavy Devontae. I want Devontae to get multiple touches in the red zone. Every time this team gets in the red zone, I'm not talking inside the five. I'm talking from the 20 to, say, the 10. And they hand the ball up the middle and waste it down and just run it into a pile, I lose my mind. That should be a crossing route with Devontae, Michael Mayer, and Jacoby. All three of them doing some crossing route at different levels, but one of them in the end zone. Throw the ball in the end zone. Did you see the Giants and the Bills last night? Darren Waller was held on the final two plays, but they went to Darren Waller in the end zone. Get the ball in the end zone, get a flag, get a touchdown, do something. No more excuses. It's been six weeks around here, and the offense is stalled. It cannot be stalled anymore. So coach's glass is half full. I'm glass is half full that the offense is going to wake up. 
And if not, then get back to me week seven, eight, nine, and we'll have even a deeper discussion. But the offense has to get going. And again, I don't want to be in this tone. I don't want to be pissed off. I don't want to be angry at the offense. I'm pro Raider offense. I'm pro Raider offense. I think it's the strength of the team. It is no longer the strength of the team today. It's the defense. Hopefully in the next week or two, the offense is the strength of the team the entire year, and the defense continues to play better. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. I'm excited that they won because I was going to do five radio shows this week if they lost. Okay, I was going to do all five of them like I do every time. But they won the game, and I'm thrilled that they won. As a season ticket holder, my friends who came into town visited, they had the time of their life. They couldn't believe it. They could not believe it. I had three friends who never went to the stadium and came from out of town a far place away. I hosted them for the weekend. They're looking at me going, are you kidding me? This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah, have a good time. And they had a great time, and the Raiders won. 702-365-9200. We got Mark Anderson coming up a little bit later on. Also, Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. He's our featured guest every Monday at 105. He's going to check in. Your tweets and your phone calls coming up. We want to thank everybody over at La Casa Cigars, Tivoli Village. Had another great turnout there. Love Mike and his wife. We go there now. He's a new partner to the show. Best cigar bar that I've been to in that Summerlin area where I live. If you can get over there, which is real easy at Tivoli Village, you'll have a great time. The, the, the choice of cocktails are amazing, but the cigar humidor, you walk in, you'll spend an hour there if you love a cigar. And sit in the front, sit in the back, and listen to the live music. That's La Casa Cigars at Tivoli Village. When we come back, more analysis from the game. I have the stats report in front of me, and I can actually talk stats now. I usually wait till week four or five. It's just trends. No, now they're stats. We know what the Raiders look like now. The stats don't lie. Offense, defense, and special teams. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center at Raiders headquarters, JT, on a victory Monday. Take advantage of the format. Jacobs to the left to Garoppolo, second and ten, shotgun snap. Garoppolo looking over the middle, fires to the end zone, and it's caught! Touchdown Raiders, Jacoby Myers, eight yards in the back of the end zone, wide open, reached up and brought it down, and the Raiders take a 9-0 lead. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the DeCasta Verde Law Group. If you get into an accident, call 702-222-9999. Yeah, Alex DeCastaverde, he's at the game. My friend, my partner here on the radio, the DeCastaverde Law Group. If you get into an accident, 702-222-9999. That's, that's the team. They'll, they'll help you. They'll work hard for you. They have a tremendous track record. They're family-run law group. A proud partner of our show. Thanks to Alec DeCastaverde. Alex DeCastaverde, who I saw at the game. He's always at the Raider games. He's a Raider season ticket holder and there to help. I'm looking at the stats of the game. You just heard Jason make that call. Jacoby was wide open on that touchdown. It should look that easy at times. Not all the time. But some of the times when Jimmy G has a clean pocket, he should be able to throw to someone who's in one-on-one coverage and is open. And you just saw that there. So that's the upside with Jimmy Garoppolo. The other times is when they don't execute it. You hear Coach McDaniels mention that about execution. They call the play. It's the play that they deem the best play at the time. you got to execute it. You can't have holding. You can't. You can't go backwards. The Raiders continue to do that. You cannot go backwards. They were one of six in the red zone. That is unacceptable. Also in this game, the Raiders ran the ball 33 times. 33 times. That means there's 33 times they didn't take a shot downfield. 33 times they didn't throw a 12-yard in route. 33 times they didn't throw a 15-yard out route. So you take that many snaps and you try to get Josh Jacobs going and you don't. It takes away from everything. It changes the game, the entertainment value of the game. You're not seeing the ball come out. And big plays. Brian Hoyer made the big play to trade Tucker. It was nice to see that throw. If you would have told me through week six, the longest pass of the year, would be to trade Tucker from Brian Hoyer. I would have been surprised by that. I am. So I'm hoping Jimmy G has a good week of recovery. We wish Jimmy G nothing but health. I think you fans should too. And hopefully Jimmy G can come back sooner than later. I think we'll know more about this. Probably tomorrow's the off day, Wednesday, Thursday. 
you know, you're going to see doubtful most likely. And if he can go, if they rule him out early because they think it's significant and they want him out and they want him to be rested for at least a week, go ahead. Let's get the next quarterback ready. Open lines coming off the victory. If you want to be critical, you always can. If you want to be positive, looking ahead, massive game. Uh, they should be able to go 3-0 and and beat Chicago. Uh, these last two games were must-wins. Must-wins. You can deem this game anything you want. They just shouldn't be able to win two in a row and take a massive step backwards. they got to continue going forward. I think they're a much better team and better roster than the Chicago Bears, but they're going to have to prove it. They're going to have to prove it and have a great week of preparation and practice and be ready to go. 702-365-9200. Jorge, out in San Jose. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Happy Victory Monday. You know, just uh, excited to, to have another win. Didn't get my Marcus Peters interception, but Trayvon Morag, uh, you know, he got mm-hmm. one. Look, I just want to say, first off, I know that, you know, that it's precedented to be critical of the offense. But, you know, the Raiders defense yesterday played unapologetic football. You know, there's a lot of players on that team that respect Bill Belichick, that played for him for mm-hmm. a long time yet they were able to basically go in for the kill and, and beat him and embarrass the Patriot organization in a competitive way. And I just want to give Patrick Graham the credit because I was somebody that criticized him a lot. You know, I still am concerned about this offense. I'm not really a big fan of throwing it down the middle. I didn't like that hit that Devontae took. I know it's the game of football. I know it's a violent sport. I just want to see him throw it more towards the sidelines. I just think that's where Devontae is the best when he's not going to get hit by a free safety, but when he's one-on-one against a corner. So, again, I just I want to give credit to the defense today because that's going to be the keys the rest of the way against these lower teams, to not play down to their level, but be unapologetic on the defense. And the offense, it's still out, and I really hope that they are able to get this done. But I'm still concerned, JT. I saw that McDaniels finally looked more confident. And I feel like this is just going to build on it. Just try to stack wins. But shout-out to Patrick Graham. Shout-out to the defense. And, you know, let's keep the, the winning streak going. Thank you for the call. Remember that Coach McDaniels is 3-0 and now against Bill Belichick. Raider fans don't seem to give many credit for that because they want certain types of wins. I get it. I get it. I understand. He's 3-0 and against Bill Belichick, his mentor. And I think the Patriots are done now after that loss. Did you see Belichick throw his tablet? Threw his tablet to the ground. I was behind him when he did that. I was in that area getting ready for the post-game show. As soon as the sack happened, I looked right at Belichick, and he threw his tablet to the ground. You don't see that often. He was really frustrated. You don't take a sack if you're Mac Jones. I also had the pleasure of meeting Mac Jones' dad. I was in one of the luxury boxes of a friend who was hosting Mac Jones' family, and what a gentleman he was. Oh, my God. He had his mom and dad there. Mac Jones is a hell of a competitor. And watching a game with his dad. I didn't bother his dad, but we shook hands and met. And his son had a tough game because that's not a very good team. The Raiders beat a proud team, a physical team, a team that never stops. Patriots are a very physical team, and they they come and play hard. They're just not very good. They were suffering too many injuries, and the Raiders got a break there. Hey, the Raiders don't get a lot of breaks, everyone. If you're a Raider fan, you know that. Raider fans don't get a lot of breaks with the officials and the scheduling. They're catching some breaks now. They have an opportunity where they can play Tyson Bajent. I had to break it down. Tyson Bajent could be the quarterback they're playing. I'd go out on a limb because that's where the fruit is. I would say possibly the least known quarterback the Raiders have played in 30 years. Let that sink in. Not one person who can hear my voice has ever heard the name Tyson Bajent. There's a pretty good chance he's going to play against the Raiders. Okay, the Raiders can't lose to this guy. Okay, they cannot lose to him. They got to beat him because he, no one knows who he is. He has no experience. That's a big break. You say before the year that the Raiders have to play Kenny Pickett, Tyson Bajent, Mac Jones, Russell Wilson forgot how to play football. Maybe when the Vikings come here, Kirk Cousins could be traded. That's the hottest name on the trade market, by the way. It's, it's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is available in a trade. Now, he has the no-trade clause. He has the ability. He doesn't want to leave. But if he gets an offer to play on a better team than the Vikings, he might look at it. 
And how nice was it to see the Eagles lose and the Niners? Niners lost because they wanted to go cheap with the young kicker, and the kicker cost him it, missing a 41-yard field goal. And when they put that score up there at Allegiant Stadium yesterday, the crowd went crazy. Man, Raider Nation loves when the Niners lose. We saw that yesterday. Let's keep it going. Thor, Raider Nation, Black Hole. Go ahead, Thor. How are you? Oh, man, I'm hanging in, man. I'm, I'm a happy JT. Let's go. The season is anew, three and three. I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm really happy. I, I'm a positive guy, so I'm tired of hearing all the negativity. We won a game. The defense sealed it for us. I know people wanted this or that to be prettier. You know what? The Raiders were favored by three points. So if you bet the Raiders minus three, you ended up covering because of that safety. I mean, we are in Vegas, so that's important to a lot of people. Honestly, the offense looks way better to me. Like, like hopefully Jimmy will be okay and ready to go. He had like 160, a touch. The pick was a bad, a bad behind pass. I mean, you know, it bounced up in the air, just didn't go our way. But the D came right out and took care of that three and out right after. So, I'm really positive about the win. The, the offense, sure, it's not looking incredible yet, but it is in the right direction from what I saw. I saw more eye formation. It just seemed like there was a little more motion. There was a little more urgency, and and, and I was really happy with it. I wish the game wouldn't have got that close because, you know, we're getting up there in age, and my heart's ticking a little harder at the end of some of these games. I need a rocking chair win just as much as the next man, but every win is beautiful. Thanks, Thor. Yeah, every win is fun. It's nice to have a fun win there, especially the way these games come down to the wire. I just don't think we can go in there anytime soon thinking the Raiders are ever going to have an easy win. I just don't know what that feels like anymore. I remember when the Raiders put up 30 unanswered and beat the Eagles a couple of years ago. That felt kind of easy. Eagles went on to go to the Super Bowl the following year. But every Raider game that I hope, uh, I spent all last week talking to everyone saying I thought the Raiders were going to have a breakout game, 34 points, 31 points, and they needed a safety to break 20. These games are hard to watch. They are offensively. They're hard to watch. They're not very entertaining. But who cares if you win? Well, some people care because they're paying four, five, six thousand $6,000 a ticket. They want to see more entertaining and more efficient football. They're not seeing it yet, and hopefully that's coming. I don't know when it's going to come. I thought it would have come weeks ago. But I'm starting to realize that Jimmy G is struggling. He's struggling in this system, and I wasn't expecting that. And there are other people who were. I give credit all the time. There are people calling in when we signed Jimmy G saying, no, he's not going to be good. He's not going to be good. I think Jimmy G is going to be very good. I think he's going to figure it out. But hopefully he's healthy. We need him healthy so he can go out there and prove that he can play at a higher level. Raider man checking in. Appreciate you calling in, Raider man. How are you? Hey, what's going on, JT? And apologize if call screening real quick because I thought he was Bobby. I'd be taking uh, taking inferences or whatnot. Shouts out to my dude, Thor, man. I had a hard time getting over the mountain, brother, but you know I'm going to come crack it open with you soon on the ASAP. And I'm running down that same road because we just won, baby. And, you know, it's really, really tough to sneeze at, at wins as hard as they've been to come by, especially in this organization, especially us as Raider fans. Because, you know, when everything comes down, we the ones that get kicked in the face. They, they barely even talk about the team anymore. They talk about us as people. And that spanned the last 25 years. That's why we started all this stuff and made sure that we were out in front to show them who we really are as people and who we really are as fans. But, you know, I want to do something, and I know it's only Monday. This ain't no lamentation either, but I like, you know, you like your term is uh, dip your show in reality. I want to throw this at you because I haven't heard anybody mention this yet. And I know it's early in the week, but I really believe that this is going to kind of play itself out over true football time. I think it's uh, Aiden O'Connell's time. I, I know, you know, uh, Brian, Brian, what's his name, Bobby Hoyer? Bobby Hoyer? I can't remember which quarterback he is. Sorry, but Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. I know he was brought in to be you know, the proverbial second-string quarterback. He's supposed to be next in line, next man up, and all the rest of that stuff. And he showed some moxie out there on the field. He did win that game for us. Well, just short of Max uh, uh, Crowder being usual, coming up with the big safety. But, I mean, he showed us what this offense is supposed to look like. And that's kind of a, a, a really an indication of maybe just the end of where Jimmy G really is. I don't even like calling him Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he's kind of past his prime as a quarterback. 
And maybe that's what that whole uh, controversy with this contract coming in here was all about. Nobody really likes to talk about that because this team was tabbed as a rebuild. You know, it's not supposed, I mean, not a rebuild, a, a retool. It's not supposed to be a rebuild. But if you look at it and you peel it back and play honest, yes, it is. And it's time for this young, this rookie quarterback to start getting his feet wet and start seeing what we can develop growing forward into this season because he hasn't played bad. But if we put Brian Hoare out there ahead of him, then what we got if he goes down? Because that guy is, in essence, a, a quarterback for him. I mean, he's a coach quarterback for him, and he's going to need him because he sees things on the field that he can't quite see for himself yet. So this is a time of development. It's, it's kind of uh, uh, exacerbated by our situation, but it doesn't make it any less true. And if we don't handle this right, it can burn up in your face. It can get ugly mm-hmm. real, real quick. So we've got to be careful with this. I'm curious to see what they do. Shouts out, man. I, I believe the team ball this week has got to go to Patrick Graham. I'm not about kissing coaches behind and stuff like that or whatever. I, I don't care too much about that. But good coaches put great players in position to make plays. And the players that's on our team that's supposed to be making plays are making those plays because they're in great position. And it's great to see discipline and defense back in the Raiders organization. Whatever the hell is going on with the offense, man, mm-hmm. they got to rip that Band-Aid off and stop telling them lies. Tell the truth and the thing will fix itself. That's really all it is. Coach up the kid, put in a scheme that's going to protect him and, and play to his strengths. Mm-hmm. Let, that, let the offensive coaches put these kids in position to make plays and see what happens. Right. Everybody tried to downplay Michael Meyer. That dude is a beast waiting to happen, and they're holding him back. There's absolutely no excuse for that. We deserve better. So I'm putting the, I'm putting the challenge out there for myself. I love mm-hmm. my team. I want to see us win. But just win, baby, ain't supposed to be begging. It's not supposed to be just win by just enough. Let's go, let's go kick some ass. Let's go, let's mm-hmm. go out there and go get it because we're better than this. Appreciate the time, JT. Thanks, Raider, man. Take care. Appreciate it. Uh, The thing about Aiden O'Connell in this game coming up here, if he has to play, Chicago's limited. New England's a bad football team. I can't believe I'm saying that because I really respect Bill Belichick. They're just a bad team. Chicago's also a bad team, but bad teams can win. There's a lot of fans around here who are Raider fans that don't think the Raiders are very good, and they've won two in a row. This game is very important for the Raiders. Because they played Detroit on a short week. Well, not a short week. They played Detroit right after that. Raiders have to win this game in Chicago or they could lose two in a row. And that could sink the season. Could sink the season. So who do you want to win the game in a must-win game in Chicago? It feels like it to get over five hundred. I would choose Brian Hoyer because of the way he just played. If it's Aiden O'Connell, next man up, man. I'm ready. I'm ready for Aiden. He's going to be... Probably a part of this future in some capacity. But the last thing I want to say before we come back here is that Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy here. No debate. He's the franchise quarterback. He's got to play if he can physically go. If he can't physically go, like there are guys that dislocate their shoulder and they can't play quarterback. There are guys that play with a, Joe, Joe Burrow is the best example this year. He shouldn't have been playing football early and he did. Because he could have tore his Achilles. He had a calf injury. And a lot of people in the back of their mind were saying, you know, if he ends up tearing his Achilles because they made him play on that calf, he insisted on playing. If Jimmy had a sore back, back sore, I think he'd play. If Jimmy had a foot injury that kind of was uncomfortable but he could do, I think he would. If it turns out there's something internal that isn't right and he was knocked off kilter because of something that showed up, or they're looking at, then you can't play him. And you got to get him ready for the Detroit game on Monday night. Good luck with that one. Their front is awesome, and they're physical. And that's going to have to be an unbelievable game for the Raiders to win. I'm going to have a lot to say that week of Detroit because I'm sick and tired of everybody saying how good Detroit is. Most of the time I've been in the league, Detroit stinks. So So they're a little bit improved. Same with Miami. They're improved. They haven't been good for a long time either. Why can't the Raiders equally get up to where Detroit and Miami is in one year? And that would be next year. Because I think Dave Ziegler needs one more draft, one more draft and one more year of free agency to cover up the remaining holes that are left. I think Dave also, from talking to him in the past, knows that he wants to build this team from the defense and the offense of line. Those, Those are the strengths of what he wants to do. He wants to build up the O line and the defensive line and then the rest will come into play. The stars of this team can't all just be wide receivers, man. you got to have some guys who can do a pretty good job setting the tone 
in the trenches. Hardcore Raider. I got a few minutes. Go ahead for you. Thanks for calling. Hey, JT. Hope you're doing good. I'll try to make it quick. Uh, so I, I want to start off with a lot of positive. You know, I want to give a lot of respect to the uh, defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. We all grilled him, maybe rightfully so, um, but the defense has really stepped up. I'm, I'm just super impressed with what they've been able to do. So shout out to everybody on the defense and Patrick Graham. Uh, you know, I know we disagree a little bit. Uh, for me, I, I just like – I look at the Patriots and their organization, and, you know, a lot of those fans over there, they had a lot of breaks go their way, you know, uh, from Tom Brady to the refs to just things would just fall in their lap. We're us in Raider Nation. We've struggled, man. We, we're the most hated team in the NFL, and we all know that. And, you know, I don't want a pity party, but at the same time, Patriot fans are dealing with a little bit of rough stuff right now that they've never – some of those fans have never had to deal with this, right? And the same goes for Josh McDaniels, you know? He was in a really great system uh, with a great quarterback, and they didn't struggle with stuff like, like we have in Raider Nation. And I feel like for the Raiders coach, it has to be a different, like, style and type of coach. And coaches can be molded into what I call what it means to be a Raider. Um, and what I saw from Josh McDaniels, even though the offense wasn't, you know, doing great, him getting fired up a little bit. I feel like that was like, to me at least, this is like his final like welcome to the Raider Nation moment. He's getting molded into what it means to be a coach for the Raiders because it's much different than any other NFL team, especially when you're hated. The refs, we all know it, but again, I don't want a pity party. But, you know, I do want to give some respect to the coach because I, I feel like he's finally understanding and he feels that pressure that all of us in Raider Nation has felt for over 20 years and how hungry we are to win. And the fact that the Super Bowl is in Vegas, just get us a, a shot at the playoffs. That's all I ask. Uh, appreciate you, man. Hopefully mm-hmm. the Raiders keep it up. Yeah, I, I really encourage those phone calls when the coach wins to show the coach support. There's some fans who I won't connect with on that topic. I get it. I understand that. But, you know, we're taking calls now about what you feel about Patrick Graham, Josh McDaniels when they win games. Better than everyone bashing them. I get sick of it. But I understand that you're the fans and you you pay my you pay for me to be here. And I get a chance to meet you and interact with you. Hey, next hour, I want to tell you how great it was at the Torch with Shane Leckler. We're going to replay that interview at some point this week, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. One of the best appearances we've ever had at the Torch. Shane Leckler came back, who should be a Hall of Famer. He's one of the top 10, top, excuse me, top 100 football players of all time when he was brought out for that ceremony. And he's the number two punter behind Ray Guy. We had a great, great time. All right, so when we come back, we'll get into that and everything else we're doing here. Thanks for listening today, all of our proud partners. Tommy White, 872 Laborers. My first stop every game is I go up into the 872 suite to see Tommy and thank him for the support that he gives us on the show as they're building, building, building throughout the city on time, safely, on budget as we continue on the flagship of the Raiders.